Welcome. If you're a woman who has a sense that there's more out there for you, you're in the right place. I'm Whitney Baker, host of the Electric Ideas podcast. Somewhere along the line of working kids, life carried on, but I lost track of my truth. I'm on a reflective journey, and that's what this podcast is all about. Each week, I interview a woman who is lighting her own path and offering others hope. Before our conversation ends, we'll share a reflective question for you to explore. Sometimes all we need is a jolt, a fresh idea, an aha moment that connects us to a sense of possibility. This, my friends, is what I call an electric idea. Welcome back to Electric Ideas and Happy New Year. I know a lot of us are reflecting right now on how we want to show up this new year and hopefully step into the next brightest version of ourselves. That's why I'm so excited to welcome Suzanne Acteson to the show to help us think through exactly that. Suzanne's career has covered a lot of territory. She's a former managing director turned serial entrepreneur who now is a business coach and host of the Zero Wasted Days podcast. I know Suzanne is super passionate about helping women, especially entrepreneurs, think outside the box to solve challenges. She also inspires them to step into their truth and a bigger sense of expansiveness, both in their leadership and life. Even though in her day-to-day, Suzanne does work with women who are building businesses, I'm confident what she has to say about prioritizing life, remembering to dream big, and taking sometimes scary leaps is relevant for us all. I hope this episode inspires you to think about and take action on what you truly want to bring to life this new year. Also, Suzanne recently made a bold move to Southern France with her family, so also We're going to talk about lessons that are really at the forefront for her right now in terms of savoring the journey along the way. I'm really excited to kick the new year off with this episode. Let's get into it. All right, Suzanne, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a delight to be here and finishing my day with you here in conversation. So as we step into the new year, it's definitely a time where many women are checking in with their aspirations and dreams. I have this sense in my electric ideas community that, especially coming off the holiday season, that some women have been so heads down trying to keep everything together with work and family that they almost haven't figured out how to give themselves space to dream for their lives. So I wanted to start there. Any suggestions? That is is a question that just dives straight into what I love to talk about. And I will also maybe give you, because I'm a very kind of solution-oriented person, some ideas and some tools as well that your community can use as we start this beautiful new year. And I, I absolutely love new beginnings. Like I love a Monday. I love the beginning of the month. I love a new moon. And so the fact that this is coming out at the beginning of the year is just beautiful. And I think it's a beautiful entree for women to really think about 2024 in a kind of a slightly different way. When we think about the coming year or in our life or in our careers or our business, we often have like a goal or a vision. And if we don't, then I'd advise you to have something that you're kind of working towards. And we have big dreams in our lives that we, you know, and and even if it is like two, three, four years out. And what I often find a lot of women do, at least in the work that I do as a business mentor, is that people either create the vision board, which is great. You know, that's, that's wonderful. I think that they work and there's a reason for them. But quite often the women that are in my world are high performing, high functioning, ambitious, and they get that pen into their hand and they make a to-do list. 
They make a list of all the things that they need to do to get to where they want to get to, whether that's the dream, the trip that they want to do, or the career move, or as an entrepreneur, the goal that they have in their business, a financial goal. And the problem with that is that we make this great big long list of things to do and then life happens and the juggle happens and kids get sick and the dramas and things at work happen and things just start to feel really hard and you lose a week here and you feel behind and like down the spiral. You could go so quickly and like, like throw the list out the window because then you've forgotten about where you're going and it's really hard to get back on track. And I like to, to coach and to mentor women to think about the year in, in a different way. And I would love women that are listening to this to approach the year in a way that helps you really believe that the goal, like, like your vision or the dream that you have is going to happen. So how do you actually wake up every day and believe that vision is going to happen? And I'll tell you some tools and some little tricks to, to do this. So if we actually think about an example of this in our everyday life. So I'm, I live in France. I live in the South of France. We have the Olympics coming next year and Olympic athletes are doing this every single day. So they are not just right now preparing for Paris 2024 by thinking about what they're going to eat and the supplements and increasing their workouts, but they're thinking every day how they're going to feel and they're visualizing so that they believe that they're going to win that race or they're going to jump higher or they're going to swim faster. So they actually don't make a list. I'm sure that they have lists and that's the strategy. These are all the things they need to do, but they actually think about how they need to behave and how they need to be to reach that goal and to make that dream come true and to help them run that 0.1 second faster. And so as women and as humans, like if we don't actually think and feel and believe in where we're going, then our energy behind it is never going to be on board with our vision or our goal. Can you give me an example of maybe you seen this coming up for one of your clients where they had a big audacious goal for themselves, but they were almost sabotaging themselves because that belief portion or maybe their ability to show up day to day being and stepping into that person was lagging. Totally. Yeah. Every single day, every day we all, and we're, because we all operate on in so much of our subconscious, we largely operate in our subconscious every day. We wake up and we just operate on autopilot. And I've had many clients, and actually, I think every client, and even with myself, I have to really consciously work on tapping into the thing that I want and bringing the thing that I want, that vision, that goal, that dream, that whatever, $20,000 a month, and bringing it into my consciousness, like bringing it into my like line of vision. And that takes, it takes reprogramming. It takes changing the stories that we're telling ourselves, rewiring for a different outcome. Because if we're just on autopilot every single day and we show up doing the same things every single day with the same feelings, since little girls of achieving and all the things, then we're going to get the same outcome. So I have had many clients that have been stuck in ruts and I have, I have a client that I'm currently still working with. And for a long time, she told herself, that she couldn't reach new levels. She was hitting this plateau and she'd taken like all the big dreams she'd had for herself, like off the table. And so at first, when we started working together, I was like, what do you want for your life and your girls? And it was really tricky for her to like even vision into the, what was possible because she said, I just don't really believe that's possible anymore. And really she'd taken the possibility out of her line of sight and out of her conscious mind 
And the, the reason why she did that is it's a safety mechanism, right? So it's to stay safe in her body and her mind to hunker down and to literally just be in survival. How on earth could she ever think about booking a trip to whatever, Bali, or to see her parents in another place? Because it didn't feel possible. It didn't feel it was within her capabilities because she was just really in survival mode. So working together, we worked out some strategies, so some strategic ways, some of the how-to, but we actually started detailing, and this is what people can do, detailing to a really high level all the little nitty-gritty details of that vision so that she could start to sink into and to ground into on a daily basis those beautiful dreams, but how that kind of felt, like how that felt to her. So she said, in 24 months, I want to be earning $250,000 a year. I want to be doing this. I want to be able to go on trips with my daughters and not feel like I'm living in survival mode. And so the more that we detailed this vision out with her together, we did it over. It's not going to happen in like a day. I mean, it takes a little bit of time. The more that she was able to really feel what that felt like. And it takes working on this at a, at a kind of granular level. So how would you feel if you were making that? I feel excited. I feel motivated. I'm inspiring people. Again, I have a podcast. I have this, that, the other, the other thing that, that, that would make her feel that. And then we practice that on a daily basis and how she can actually drop into those feelings now before she has that goal, before she's attained that goal or reached that dream. So it's like feeling the feeling every day, but you don't know the feeling until you actually start to really detail it and bring yourself out of really that just autopilot working in your subconscious every single day and into just super intention, like super intention, bringing it into your consciousness and working on it every day. Yeah, it's bringing up for me. Yesterday, I just coincidentally had a really unique opportunity to do this. It was different than I'd ever, I've ever experienced. It had to do with kind of movement and journaling at the same time. But one of the people, mm -hmm. it was all about stepping into a feeling you want for 2024. And one of the yeah. things the woman asked you is you were encouraged to dance a little bit. And then if something came up, it just a cool experience. And one of the things that she asked was us to reflect on when we felt most alive in 2023 and how did that feel in our body and where in our body did mm. we feel that? You know, I had these like one picture of myself laying on the beach on a day that I just felt like really present with my kids. We'd been outside all day, not a care in the world, very simple. Yeah. And I feel like you do such a good job working with clients and this is where I'm going and I wanted to jump in because <laughs> one of the reasons I really am drawn to you is you're a balance between what I would call this masculine and feminine energy, because I feel like mm. some people go so far into the feeling side that women think they can just sit there and do nothing and life will come to them. Mm. And then <laughs> yeah. sometimes it's like you were talking about the overachievement of like, I'm just going to like hammer out my goals and squeeze everything tightly yeah. and not allow is a word that's coming to sure. me. Yeah. yeah. So if a woman is like, okay, this is the first week of January, I really need a method or a ritual or a framework. I don't know where to start in this kind of more meet in the middle way of envisioning yeah. my year. What would you recommend? Like practically, like where could they start? Well, I think like you said that we do need, and whether it's a career or just a goal or a business goal for entrepreneurs, we do need both sides of the coin. We do need the list. We do need the kind of how-to, but I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in the how-to and the controlling of the how am I actually going to get there 
that we lose sight of the feeling and the being. But we're sometimes hard on ourselves as women because really we've been taught in a very patriarchal society. We've been taught the hustle and the go and the doing. We've never been taught or applauded or or felt good leaning into our nurturing side of ourselves. And we feel guilty if we spend a day just not doing anything, right? And so we're working against the tides here. We're working against our patterns and our norms. So that's just to say, give yourself permission to learn about how to kind of balance both sides of things and not feel guilty when we talk about these kinds of concepts and don't really know where to start. So that's the kind of, I think it's just really important to say that because many women come to my, my, into my world and say, Suzanne, I don't know how to not do anything. <laughs> I can't not do anything. I always feel like I have to fill every gap. If I'm not working, then I'm doing stuff for my kids. And so this is actually the approach that I would take in answering your question, entering into this new year and getting really curious about how you can actually put your own life first and then watch as your business, career, whatever it else, life actually thrives as a result. And so I've been practicing this and embodying this myself for the last six years since we've moved from Australia to France when I, we decided to take a massive pivot in our lives. And I've then since been really honing this, this method and method even in itself is a very masculine word, but the method is around this, you know, life first growth model that helps people, helps people achieve this. So they can work on the strategy and a simple one at that. And they can start to actually learn how to be more of themselves. And what I actually find, and when I say be more, it's like, who do you need to be to reach your goal? Like, what's the energy that you need to be in every day? And if we think about vibration or frequency, we're all energy. How do you need to be operating? What frequency do you need to be at to attract that thing that you really want? An example of that is in the, some of the methods and things that I teach is as simple as asking yourself, what do I love doing? Where is it in my life that I'm sparking joy? in a very Marie Kondo way. What is it that I love doing? And if it's baking or if it's gardening, or so I've had many clients have said, oh, I used to love horseback riding or I used to love pottery. And I'm like, you know what? I know we're business coaching here, but next week I want you to go and get back to that. And we actually start integrating things that they love to do. And it's refreshing for them because they're like, okay, hey, well, I can do that. That's easy. But what I've actually seen is when they actually start to embody the life that they want. So they don't start saying like, when I quit that job or when I make that amount of money, then I'll start doing those things. We start doing them now. And that is absolutely life and game changing because all of a sudden you start to go, you start to actually feel joy instead of just we all feel joy and we all feel gratitude. We feel happiness, but the amount, the frequency, if we were to like put an MRI in our head and measure it is insurmountable. It's authentic when you're really getting back to what you truly love doing and you're reconnecting to what matters most in your life and you're prioritizing yourself. This resonates so much with me because with my clients I work with, there's often these aha moments where women finally give themselves permission to do things mm. not for outcomes or not because it's like something they need to get done but just because they the feeling they remember yeah. it's joyful and it's amazing how much 
that joy sparks joy and ease in other aspects yeah. of their life. I always think about the mom who has just done something they've really enjoyed right before the kids come in the door from school versus yeah. cranked out some other thing. There's like even your body language and your yeah. energy. And I'm a realist, like it, not every day, like some days are just no. what they are. I'm making space and a priority to show up for yourself in that way can really shift the energy in our lives. That really takes me to this, something I wanted to talk to you because a lot of women get caught in what I call the time scarcity trap. Mm. Just this feeling of not having enough time to accomplish all the tasks and responsibilities. And then where in this pie do they mm. create space? So I'm wondering mm. if you have any advice based on how you've seen that time scarcity feeling creep up in your own work. Yeah. I think there's the old adage, we all have the same amount of time in the day, right? It's around how we use it and what we prioritize. What I can see in a lot of women is the behaviors that have come as a result of growing up in the societies that we've grown up that have them, A, doing too much. So they're often biting off more that they can chew and they're on every committee, the kids in every sport, all the things in their life, they're jamming everything into their life. Often that is a result of a fact, the fact that it's a safety mechanism. What am I actually going to do if I slow down? So I'm not going to slow down. And I feel really, I, I had kids and then I didn't go back to my career. This is the only way I'm going to feel good about myself because I've been told when I was little that when I got the high score in basketball or when I did well at school, someone patted me on the back because I did well and I felt good about myself. So now as an adult, I'm only a quote unquote, stay at home mom. So they fill their days and then control every aspect of their lives that are happening in between. So I think that the number one thing is taking some things. It's hard because some people are like, I oh my Johnny wants to do six things. And I'm like, well, Johnny wants to do six things because you give him permission to be able to do six things. And you could maybe do four and then you could do three. And my kids do one sport and we both work from home. My husband's actually retired. We have lots, actually lots of time to do things, but the greatest gift for them is time is space. So they're not going to get to 18 in a couple of years, my eldest son, and say, I wish I did more after school activities that I know that this impact of us creating this time in our lives. And I know this because I used to be the former thing and we lived in the go-go bubble and we decided to pull the pin and come to France. And so we've created really intentionally this much slower, simpler life where we're not running all over the place. And I would love my son to do the guitar and do good piano and all the other things that he thinks he's a maestro at, but we choose not to. So I think potentially taking some things and some expectations off of our plate is one way to set yourself up for more success. And then I mentioned like this death grip on life and controlling all of the things. I think we, again, we don't feel safe kind of letting go a little bit and leaning into areas that might that we don't know the outcome of we're trying to control the outcome so sometimes i think there's just a we just need to lean back a bit and listen to ourselves which is hard to do that's why even sometimes this my mentorship is like is actually just helping people come back to themselves and listen to themselves and we peel away those patterns and those behaviors and we're like okay we're trying to build a business over here except i can see there's a ton of hustling and there's a ton of overworking and there's a, all sorts of other patterns and behavior that when we actually peel them apart 
And there are some easy tools, like easy, I say easy, accessible tools that we can, yeah, that we can tap into, like to help us on that front. But just a little awareness around maybe some of the things that you're doing that you have been doing. Like we go into a new year, a great way to step into a new year is to think about your last year and think about, okay, am I hitting a chord here? Am I triggering something in talking about any of these aspects of overworking or overscheduling, or maybe your habit is procrastinating or I don't know, shutting down and vegging in front of Netflix for three days in a row or whatever it might be. If those kind of like behaviors are never come to an awareness of them, or you don't try to heal them or do anything about them, then they're going to continue to exist. So I think your question was about time. And even though there's this element of like, put everything into our schedules, I think, again, it's about coming back to ourselves, looking at why we're putting so much into our schedules. And then I would also say, one of the habits and one of the rituals that I do every single week is that I approach each week with, I have clients that are in my calendar. I have interviews. I've got lots of different things that are happening. Sure, those are in my calendar, but I actually, and I do this every single week. It's a bit of a ritual where I take my digital calendar and I put everything into a tool that I have. Actually, it is a free tool that I've just made. It's like, I can give it to you and, and your team to put into the show notes. It's called the Soulful Schedule. And you put all those bits and pieces, really, again, that like intentionality of bringing all your things onto your schedule. You actually recopy them onto your, onto the schedule. And then you say to yourself, What's going on? What's going on this week? How did I feel about the weekend? How am I being in my body? Where am I at in my cycle? I'm feeling so tired or I'm ovulating. And maybe you like to follow the lunar cycle. What's happening around me? I have, I just had uh, friends stay with us for a week. I've got family here for the next week. Like, am I actually going to schedule all of the things over the next week and then really feel even more torn? I took everything off my schedule that I could and re rearrange things so that I could really enjoy our friends who were here from New Zealand for a whole week. And it was glorious. So thinking about your schedule in a completely different way and actually approaching it with what do I need? And I say to myself, if I'm really frazzled, I need to just make sure that meditation happens every morning for 10 minutes. Or I know for me, I can tend to sometimes overwork or get into kind of like that do. And I'll say, I know I need to go for my walk. I've not been prioritizing my walk. So I get out for 20 minutes and I do my walks. Those are the behaviors that are going to make me feel more inspiring or excited or motivated. And over time, with when I feel that way, that's the frequency I was talking about. So that's how I sh then show up for my life or my business and my kids and everything else in the way that I want to show up. And I actually write down on my social schedule how I want to be thinking and what are the thoughts that I want to be thinking? Because over time, if I actually start to consciously think about these things, those thoughts become my beliefs. And so it's a practice called a goal embodiment practice of having this thing that you want and starting with how you need to act and thinking about how it's going to make you feel and how the feelings are going to make you think and what the thoughts are going to result in over time. And you approach your daily, weekly life in a very different way because it's not just about what I need to do. It's how I need to operate and who I need to be. And then if I'm not in that feeling, what do I need to do to, to get into that feeling? Yeah, this resonates a lot. And it, I don't have your soulful scheduler, although <laughs> I, I'd love to see it because- I will send it to you. Yeah, it definitely sounds very similar to how I try to approach my weeks too, because sometimes mm. it's really easy to just 
look at everything and see where you can squeeze everything in. And I've really made a dramatic shift of knowing what my priorities are and thinking about how I need to energize myself in order to actually show up the way I want to show up. Because what I totally. see so common in my community is women are running themselves in the ground. And when they finally get to the fun and joyful occasions and events, for example, they're exhausted or they're sick. Yeah. And that's an awful feeling. Or they're yeah. so overstimulated with all mm. the doing that they can't yeah. drop into being present. And so they rob yeah. themselves. 100%. So it's really about filling your cup at the beginning of every week by actually just looking at the things you have to do and asking yourself. And so on this whole schedule, I'll send it to you. It says, what do I need to do? But who do I need to be? Like, What's going on in my mind, my body, my soul? There's so much going on that we're juggling in life with aging parents. And, and it's taking all of that into consideration. Like we're recording this as we go into a holiday season and it's full and it's busy. And so at the beginning of January, things might feel clearer. The kids are back to school and things start to free, free up a little bit. So every single week of every month is different. So that's why I approach it every week and say, okay, what's happening right now? What's happening inside me? What's happening around me? And if things have to actually move and I have a podcast recording, let's say, and my kids do come home and I can't record, then my life comes first. And what I love about this is that in community with other women, we get it. We're like, okay, no problem. So it's usually not a problem. Mm -hmm. And we find another time and on we go. I was actually having a little bit of a proud moment last week because I similarly, I had kids homesick from school and it just, it's a situation. And I think the old me would have tried to keep it all together. It's almost mm -hmm. like back when I was working in a corporate job and I, no matter what was going on at home, I had to be chipper and, and yeah. crushing it. Like, I hate that language, but I've just, I can look at it now through a totally different lens. And I, the first thing I did was look at my calendar and be like, what doesn't need to happen this week? And oh, I right. wrote a sincere note and I can't tell you how nice everyone was like, no worries, been there. Just totally. being honest. And I think that we all need to start giving ourselves those permissions. Mm, totally. We're not super women. So we have to just really start like stop behaving like we are. And, and stop sacrificing our own wellness, our own health, because that's usually, like you said, that's usually what the thing that goes, like, and we and get to the end of the week and we're like, we're dead. We can't function. We can't, we go to the party and we're, and we just want to go home and go to bed yeah. or you go on holiday and you get sick. It's so common because we're often just on a fine line, right? We're operating on this fine line. And the minute we give our body or our mind any pause, and, and it's usually, again, a nervous system thing. Down we go with a, with a flu or down we go with a cold or whatever it might be, which is a telltale sign of the fact that we probably needed to pause maybe eight weeks ago. <laughs> you hinted at the big move you recently made. And I just want to take a step back because you've had a lot of interesting life experiences. You climbed the corporate level to a C-suite exec. You built an award-winning bricks and mortar business but I'm actually most deeply curious about this super bold move that you just mentioned, because you left what I'm guessing was very familiar, your whole existence in Australia, and you moved your entire family to France, and you followed a dream, a big dream of renovating a French farmhouse. So tell us about this. What inspired <laughs> this big move? And how did you actually make the call to just do it? Yeah. 
I've been probably leap taking for quite a while. I went from, I'm Canadian, so my accent is Canadian. And I went from Canada to Australia at 26 for a month and I stayed for 17 years. I met my husband there. So I've been taking leaps. And actually what that does is it gives you evidence that you're going to be okay. That leaps can be unlept. You can go back. That usually the outcome is amazing and you can't control necessarily exactly how it's going to happen but if you just allow and you and allow yourself to even just to, to receive you can do some extraordinary things so back in 2017 my husband and I and my three boys we were both operating two busy businesses I'd left the corporate world running an, an advertising agency and started my own bricks and mortar store and it was incredible clients called it magical it was everything except it even though it had been a dream of mine for seven years in which I had gone and pursued with a vengeance, I realized after about three years that it wasn't what I wanted. And that was a hard pill to swallow because it was so loved and award-winning and all the rest. And despite this kind of perceived idyllic success that we had achieved, and it, feel, it felt successful for both of us, we just felt like there was something that was a bit of a disconnected. And we had this longer term dream from 10 years prior where we had driven through the northern part of France. I was doing some work in London and my husband and I drove through pre-kids and we were serial renovators in back in Australia. And so we had looked at these at this French, these French farmhouses that were literally like falling to the ground. And we said, imagine renovating one of those. And then we just sparked that little, that little dream. And they're these beautiful 16th, 17th century places that no one wants to touch because they're can be a nightmare and it's usually only expats that come and rent and renovate them anyway so fast forward to 2015 16 i had my third son and we had this kind of i had this opportunity in my life for the first time where i just paused for a minute the other two pregnancies i'd gone back to work pretty quickly and with charlie my third i just remember just pausing and having this conversation with my husband and we both just said what are we doing and where are we going and ever since I've always done this work of trying to live in my values and also just being in alignment with where we're going, I realized that I wasn't living in my values and we lost sight of where we were going. So what we decided to do was to pull the pin completely and shut down both of our businesses, put all of the contents of our home into a container and we parked it in the suburbs and we packed up our suitcases and our three boys and a lot of unraveling of life. I won't try to sugarcoat it completely. It was really hard over about 18 months. And we decided let's just do it because it was very much, we need to create the life that we want. And if we're not living in total alignment with where we want to go and we're not chasing these dreams, then what are we doing? And I talk a lot about this on my podcast, Zero Wasted Days. And and it's, so we could, we pulled the pin and we flew to France. And we said, let's go to France. I spoke French as being a Canadian. And we said, we really wanted adventure. We wanted to get back to what was important to ourselves. We wanted the kids to learn a language and we said, let's go. And we said, we'll go for a year or two. And if it works out great, if it doesn't off the back, we go. We get all the stuff back out of our container. We put it back in our house. And we'd been here about a year. We really loved it. We, we, we loved what it was doing for us as a family and as a couple, like I said, just getting back to a more simple way. And, or maybe not even getting back to, because I don't think I'd ever had a simple way. I'd always lived in the city. We came and lived in the country for the first time ever. The French way, the French culture and traditions is just much more kind of, much slower. It is country life, so it is slower as well. Much more savored, like 
There's no stores open on a Sunday afternoon. Things shut down between 12 and 2. All of these kind of, what to some people, annoying French traditions were actually the things that we adored and that we loved because what do French families do on a Sunday afternoon, at least in the country, and you go to Paris, everything's open. You hang out with your family, you hang out with your friends. And so that was six years ago. So we've stayed and we found the house that we were dreaming about 15 years prior and we've renovated it, which is where I am now. And so we're still here. We love it. We love the lifestyle it affords us. Uh, we are both closer to family. So my family's in Canada and his are actually in the UK. So being close to family is really important to us. And so just, again, getting back to our values and also be having the opportunity to be able to have a blank slate is a really amazing luxury and privilege. We rented our home in Australia, so we didn't have to work straight away when we got here. So we could just really experience life again. And one of the most important things, if people are thinking about a transition or doing anything like this, whether it's going around the world or maybe just taking your kids out of school and traveling around the country for six months in a caravan or like whatever it might be, is just to not get wrapped up too much in the how it's actually going to happen. Because we had this vision and if I had known how challenging it might've been, as I'm not challenging it might have been what challenging it was. If I had gone into like a Facebook group and asked questions, what do I do with visas and kids that didn't know? I don't think we would have come. I don't think we would have come because it mm. has been really difficult. There's so many challenging aspects, but the positive aspects far outweigh the challenges. And it always works out. It really always works out when you have that belief in your dream and in your vision. And if we hadn't in a year or two and we'd gone back, then it's not a failure it's checked off as a, an experience as memories but the best thing that can happen is that it does work out and that it works out beyond your imagination and you just have to have that vision let go of that control to not know all the steps and just go after it that's very inspiring and I'm glad that you shared some of your kind of remembrances on how to live a life well lived that have come back up for you as you settled into mm. that French countryside. I'm definitely going to be thinking about that. One thing that has come up twice during our conversation that I just feel <laughs> compelled to share for me is maybe somebody isn't in a position where they're going to make their big leap right now. But I think mm. any woman could go through an exercise of pretending that they moved or made a big leap where they'd cut the cord on all of their social commitments, their kids' activities, mm. even their job. Like picturing, for some reason, I've had this image multiple times talking to you of this big blank white canvas. And I think mm. sometimes we don't give ourselves that permission to wash it clean and actually go through all of our commitments, the people we regularly see, the meetings we regularly mm. hold, the groups we're a part of, what we cook for dinner, how we navigate our mornings, our, our weekdays. I joke with my husband, I'm like, I think one day a week we should make our like weekdays fun. It's just like we sometimes totally. just like get hopefully more often than that. Sometimes we just yeah. get into the mode as uh, yeah. women, right? So yeah. I just feel like I would encourage any woman who's listening as we're dreaming about this big juicy yeah. life in 2024 to maybe go through that exercise like what if you'd mm. wash the slate clean like what would you consciously choose to reintroduce mm. back into your life that would yeah. really feel good 
Yeah. And it is achievable if, even if the great big whatever move or great big pulling the pin doesn't happen. Everybody's version of their dream is different. And everybody's version of what that success means is different. So I think it's just about coming back into one of the best exercises that a life coach did with me almost 20 years ago was actually helping me work out what my values were and how do I want to operate every day? And if you haven't done that work, then just start the year by figuring out your values and living in them. And you'd live and die by them. And if your values are being courageous and you're not being really courageous, it doesn't mean moving around the world. It could be going camping or trying something different that you haven't tried before or getting back on a horse or doing different things that might just really flex that courage muscle and get you out of autopilot. Because it's like you said, it's, we just get into autopilot so easily because it largely feels good. It feels safe. It feels it doesn't feel like it's gonna gonna scare you, and if it, if it's not gonna scare you, it probably means you're not really growing. So if if 2024 wants to be a year of growth, a bit of expansion, a bit of curiosity about what's to come or about yourself, then start to think about getting a bit uncomfortable, get back to your values, and then think about that goal or that vision. That's what alignment is, right? Getting from A to B, and so if A are your foundations and your beautiful values of joy and courage and adventure free of mine and you then have a vision and this goal then work each day to do little things and that might just be okay five minutes of meditating 10 minute walk eating better starting to learn about perimenopause or menopause i don't know like whatever it might be these are all things that are just small little things that can make a big impact the one percent each day or the one little habit each day over a year is going to really amount to a lot more in, in 365 days. I end my episodes with a chance for reflection. And you mentioned your beautiful podcast, Zero Wasted Days. So what's one question women can be asking themselves more in 2024 if this is the year when they don't want to waste another day? I think I would ask myself, what are you doing to prioritize your life? Because like we've talked about throughout this conversation, life gets away from us, careers come into full effect, kids take over, life goes by the wayside. So if there was something that you were doing this year that brought your life back into priority and you prioritized life first, what is it that you would change? Thank you for that beautiful reflection and all this incredible wisdom to get the juices flowing for the new year for all my audience. I know my listeners will want to follow you and continue to be inspired. So where can we find you? I am at Suzanne Acteson in all of the channels. I think I'm the only one. So I spend a lot of time on Instagram. I like to share on Instagram, on Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest. I do have a YouTube channel. <laughs> And on my podcast, Zero Wasted Days, that is a blend of guest episodes as well as episodes with me. I have also lots of end of year and new year visioning and different exercises that will also help you kick off the year. So that's where you could find me. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here today, Suzanne. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you joined me today. If you're looking for more, feel free to connect with me on Instagram at, at @whitneywoman. And if you enjoyed the show, I invite you to support me by leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. Hope you have an inspired day.